everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Princess of Shea. Princess of Shea is a luxury plant-based skincare brand. They specialize in whipped face and body butters. Their values are quality skincare with the effectiveness of expensive store brand moisturizers, but without the harsh chemicals and toxins. Ingredients you can pronounce from a source you can trust. They have signature creams that are formulated with organic oils and raw exotic butters. All of their signature whipped body butters contain ingredients that have ultra-moisturizing, skin-softening, and anti-aging powers. They also offer custom orders and small batch creations to ensure that each product is personal, intimate, and fresh. You can find Princess of Shea at Princess of Shea on Instagram and Princess of Shea on Facebook or visit their website, princessofshea.com, to start your journey to healthy, glowing skin. Princess of Shea is one of my absolute favorite skincare brands. Well, it is an honor to sit down today with Tracy Miles. She is a speaker, author, and the director of Compel Training with Proverbs 31 Ministries. She's written four best-selling books and her new release, Living Unbroken, Reclaiming Your Life and Heart After Divorce. We're going to talk about that book in just a few minutes. She contributes to numerous devotionals that reach millions of Christian women around the world. Tracy has three children and lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, which happens to be where I was born. Welcome, Tracy. It's such an honor to have you on the Make Life Matter podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I was trying to remember the first time I met you. It's been years that I went to the She Speaks conference in Charlotte Mm -hmm. with Proverbs 31, and I have volunteered with P31 Ministries for many years, went to Israel with with Lisa and with Glennis and uh, several of the P31 leaders over there. And I was a Compel Group leader and a member. And so I want to just kind of start off talking about what Compel is, especially for those that are listening who are, are, are feeling the nudge toward writing. And it has been so valuable and instrumental in my life as a writer and an author. So I'd love for you to share about your ministry there first. Yeah, I would love to. Well, Compel Training is a writer's membership site, and it's really unlike anything else that you can find out there online. And so we have thousands of members that subscribe to be Compel members. And what we do is one of the things that we provide is an incredible online community. We have thousands of writers, which is just phenomenal because writing is a very lonely job. (laughs) It can feel very isolating, but we have so much encouragement that goes on in dozens of community groups on Facebook. We have blogging groups and freelance groups and podcast groups and devotion groups. And then we have one huge connection courtyard where we all meet together as a Compel family. And this is where we have weekly teachings every single week on um, all types of writing information from writers, editors, published authors, you know, big names, everybody from the publishing industry, agents. There's just so much information that we have. And we also have a course library on the Compel website, which has over 300 lessons that we have accumulated over the years to teach people about writing. So it's just an incredible website. If publishing 
and writing is your dream, whether you want to write a book or write a devotion or write a Bible study, then Compel is the place. And it's really fun for me because as a writer, I get to enjoy being a writer, but also helping people that really feel that call to write that haven't, you know, that are still trying to get to where they want to be. Mm. I love it. It's such, it is such a valuable resource. Thank you so much. I know it's keeping you plenty busy over there. Is enrollment open for Compel right now? Or I think you have something that's launching March 1st that people could be a part of as well. Yeah, well, we have open registration four times a year, but we also have pop-up sales throughout the year, but you can put your name on the wait list and you get a free, amazing free resource every time you put your name down. And then we notify you as soon as registration opens. But we also have the Compel blog and that's open to the public. And we put out incredible writing tips from authors and speakers and writing coaches and publishers and all, all of the publishing industry professionals every single week. So people can get that for free. You can subscribe to that, any, subscribe to that anytime. Um, and then you can come. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can become a member um, when registration opens. But what you're talking about on March 1st is the book club. It's called Direct Access, a writer's book club. And what we do is study a specific book two or three times a year. But it's not just a book study where you read some chapters and then you go with your friends and you talk about, here's what I read and here's how I felt when I was reading it and what I got out of it. It's actually a study of the behind the scenes writing of a book. Mm. And you spend weeks, whether it's four to six weeks, depending on how long the study is, learning directly from the author and from the editor. And there's teaching videos from the author and the editor. They're in there full time during the four to six weeks. There's discussion questions and engagement, and we teach about writing, editing, and publishing, and everything that went into bringing a book from an idea to actually being on the shelves at a bookstore and people purchasing the book and reading it. And so this next upcoming study at Compel is my new book, Living Unbroken. So I'm super excited that I get to be on both sides of, you know, making it happen for Compel, but also being the author and having my editor, Alice Kreider from David C. Cook, be the person that I'm partnering with on that. So Compel members get to do it for free, but it's also open to the public for a small fee and they can find that information on the compeltraining.com website. Okay. And I'll put that in the show notes too. So Mm compeltraining.com. And I have a copy of your book right here. Thank you so much for sending me this copy, Living Unbroken, reclaiming your life and your heart after divorce. And I love the top of the back cover copy, which says your marriage may be broken, but you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. So Tracy, uh, I know you've written three books kind of back to back. that are almost like a trilogy. And I, I want to start with this one. This one just released February 1st. In fact, as we are filming and recording this today, we are in launch week so right. he is so busy, you guys. I, 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 you know, it's no small feat to to launch a book and to get that message out. So, let's talk about your story. I'm more than halfway through the book, so I've been able to be reading that over the past week. But I would love to talk about what happened and especially how you've seen God using it in your life and the message that you hope women uh, will take away from this book as they read it. Mm-hmm. Well, I had been married to my then husband for 25 years and we'd always had some upheavals in our marriage. There'd always been some difficulty. So it's not like it was smooth sailing and something just came out of the blue necessarily, 
but uh, we had three wonderful children and a great life and things were going good, but there were always issues under the surface, but everyone wants to honor their marriage covenant and, you know, forgive and try to work through things as much as you can. But right after we celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary, I became acutely aware of some things that were happening, some choices and behavior patterns that my husband was involved with and how long it had been going on. And basically the marriage ended that day. Mm. So really my entire life just fell apart that very day and everything I knew turned upside down. And because of the situations, because of the lack of uh, willingness to try to reconcile because of the patterns of behavior that were not being stopped. There were biblical reasons for uh, pursuing divorce. And also, you know, it just wasn't apparently in the cards for us. Mm. And also I realized at some point that it wasn't in the best interest for me. And I had to finally come to the point to where I realized that it was okay for me to move forward with my life and that I loved how one person put it actually that I mentioned in the book is that I felt like finally, and this took a long time to get there, but that God had released me and I was finally ready to move forward into the next chapter of my life. And so, but the, the, the weird thing was, is that right before all this happened, literally three months before is I was so excited because I had just gotten a new two book contract with David C. Cook Publishing. I really didn't know what the books were going to be about. I didn't have my specific topics or titles. I just knew, yeah, we're going to, I've got this new contract and it's going to be so exciting and we'll figure it out. Little did I know that my whole marriage was going to crumble and my life was going to be completely different. Hmm. So it's been a huge adventure ever since then to see what God has done with my writing and in my life in the process of these three books, because I never intended on them to be a trilogy, as you called it. It's just that as God walked me through this journey, these are the words that he gave me and they just all kind of built upon each other. Well, let's talk about one of those for a second, because you mentioned in Living Unbroken that you were actually in the contract process working on unsinkable faith mm -hmm. and you wrote unsinkable faith literally while your world was falling apart. And, and I, that really impacted me to read that part of your story and to think about intentionally having to, to move forward in this message of how we can live with unsinkable faith while you felt like literally everything was, was, as you said, crumbling and changing around you. So what was that like for you? And what message do you feel rose up out of that situation through unsinkable faith? Mm -hmm. Well, the funny backstory to that is, and I, I don't love telling the story, but it's always interesting, especially to writers <laughs> to hear this, but I was convinced that um, I could not write that book. I was going to have to rescind my contract mm. could not meet the deadlines. I was so crushed and going through the stages of grief. I went through a stage of depression and, you know, you can't write words to encourage other people and talk about God's goodness and faithfulness and wonderfulness when you're not feeling any of that in your own heart, because you're so devastated and um, just feeling so confused and hopeless about all the unknowns that are in front of you. So I personally am a very self-disciplined goal oriented person. It's just built into my personality. So regardless of what's happening, I'm going to meet that deadline. And I did. 
But the funny thing is, is my publisher called for the first time ever and they're so sweet and they've been so gracious through this whole journey with me. And they, and basically that manuscript was just, it wasn't going to cut it. And so they said, you have to start all over. So I had written 50,000 words. (laughs) And of course that sent me to a whole nother tailspin of emotions of this is impossible. God could never do this with me. But my editor, again, just walked me through and we chapter by chapter worked this. And that's what turned into unsinkable faith. But what I realized I had to do from the get go was I've got to accept the fact that this is my life. This is what's happened. I can't change it. And I can either keep wallowing in self-pity and fear and just, you know, not ever get over this and let this destroy me, or I can start thinking differently and I can start thinking optimistically and try to retrain my thoughts. And that's really what unsinkable faith birthed out of because it's called um, God filled strategies to transform the way you think, feel and live. Hmm. And so when I started writing it, I didn't even have a title. I didn't even know what it was about, but the more I I delved into researching about positive thinking and being optimistic and how that changes your life, because it is a game changer. Mm -hmm. My mom has always told me that she's always had this forever. As long as I can remember handwritten in a black ink Sharpie on her refrigerator, change the way you look at things and the things you look at will change. Mm -hmm. So that's just been ingrained in my heart. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but that apparently has shaped some of the way that I you know, that I grew up in the way I was thinking and it became a big factor in really helping me come up with the idea for this book. So as I researched it and wrote it, stayed in God's word about it, studied scripture about what it says about capturing our thoughts and re- retraining the way that we think and shifting our thought patterns and how I also read a lot of books about brains, which doesn't sound very interesting, <laughs> but it actually was because You can see through MRI scans about how when people start thinking positively, their actual brain structure and their MRI changes from when they were thinking negatively and they were so depressed. Mm. It's incredible. So you, you see where science is meeting scripture and it was just so empowering. And I, I just, I love the message of the book. So as, as I was writing the book, it became part of my healing process because I had to live out every single day. I'm thinking about positive thinking, whether I felt positive or not. (laughs) So I had to live out that message. And that was really the first stepping stone in helping me get to a place to where I could start realizing that I can think differently, which, and my thoughts are going to fuel how I feel and my emotions and my emotions are going to drive my actions and my behavior, how I live my life. So they're all connected. So it's, it's really a powerful book. And I'm, I'm excited that God gave me these words. And I think it's helped a lot of people. Mm, I love that. That is such a powerful message. It's a really powerful message about shifting our perspective and, and looking differently at our situation, mm-hmm. our circumstances. And we can all use that message, especially after coming out of 2020, right? And whatever difficulty we're individually experiencing, there's this shared suffering that we've all kind of been walking through. And so that's a powerful resource that I want to encourage our listeners to get. And then now your brand new book, Living Unbroken. And and you talk about, like you said, you know, listen, I was literally going through this and still having to live life, which 
we can all relate to. We're going through something, but life still goes on. We don't get a chance to get off the train and get on at a different station. We have to put one foot in front of the other. And you do talk about early on in the book, the stages of grief and having to go through all of them and landing on that place of acceptance, like you just mentioned a minute ago, which do you feel like Tracy was the hardest season for you to walk through? And what have you maybe seen in the lives of others? Does it vary from person to person or do we all tend to get stuck at the same place? Well, it does vary from person to person because everyone's situation is different. So just like I mentioned a minute ago, and there were some, some ways that I felt like, okay, the fact that this marriage is over and I don't have to continue dealing and suffering in silence about the issues that are happening. And, you know, I, I'm kind of released from that. In some ways it was a, a relief. Hmm. So some people may feel that way. And, uh, and other, other people, it's completely blindsided. Like they never saw it coming. So everyone's situation is completely different, whether you've been married two years or 62 years. But for me, I think because I've been married 25 years, because my parents had also been um, divorced and I didn't want my children to have to go through that experience. I was just in such denial, not only about the things I discovered that were happening um, that I wasn't aware of when my husband was not at home. Mm. And, you know, that, that was really hard to accept just the overwhelming magnitude of issues that came about after that. And just the fact that my life would never be the same. The future that I had always imagined for us, you know, growing old together, having grandchildren come home and holidays and the beach house we wanted to buy and just your financial security. It was really trying to accept the death of everything you knew and everything you had planned on. It's you're in that denial stage. Like you can't process what you can't understand. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the hard stages for me, but then you're also in the mix with, okay, this makes me mad. Like, how could you do that (laughs) to me? How could you do that to yourself, to your children, to your family? And then I'm mad at myself also. Like maybe, maybe I did something. What did I do wrong to, to not be enough and to, you know, maybe not measure up in some way or to not see the warning signs. And then I found myself being mad at God, which people say, you can't be mad at God, but I was because why did he let this happen? I prayed for my marriage for so many years and just didn't get the answer that I had always hoped for. So there's just the, the five different stages don't come in any sequence. You might be here one day, you think you've made progress and all of a sudden you're jerked back, you know, jerked back over here to this other one. So it fluctuates from person to person. There's no right or wrong way to do it, but we can get stuck in one and then smooth sailing through another one. It just varies. Mm. You know, you say in the book that even experiencing a death in some ways is easier than a divorce because in a divorce, the person is still living and yet you're, you're basically, like you said, the death of, of everything you had known at that point and, and coming to grips with that. But I loved how you segued after you talked about the stages of grief, you talked about in page 48, that you are still you and knowing how to find your worth and your identity and your value in Christ. And I think even for someone who's listening, who's not walked through divorce, any experience can pull on you to where you now you feel like somehow you're less than the version that you were. Or like you said, I wasn't, what was wrong with me? Why wasn't I good enough? I've wrestled with those feelings Mm -hmm. a lot of my life. So 
to surrender those feelings of the Lord and say, God, I have to ground my worth in you. Talk about how you kind of came to that, that firm resolution. I am still me. And, and, and to tell our listeners, you are still you, no matter what has happened to you. Right. Well, like you, I've kind of struggled with that my whole life too. I, I went through many years of struggling with it because my parents got divorced. And so then I was like, well, you know, like all children of divorce do, you think, well, is, is it something that I did? Was I not a good enough child? And you, mm. you struggle with that, that kind of impacts you your whole life. And then I made decisions when I was in college that I regretted and was ashamed of for many years. I wrote about that in a book a few years ago. Um, I worked at a job where my supervisor was super um, degrading and condescending. And by the time I left that position, I felt about this big and basically thought I had no value whatsoever. So then the problems with my marriage just kind of compounded that. And so it's just kind of been a lifetime of, of hills and valleys of figuring out your worth and which is why it's so important to know your value in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the stories that I do share in living unbroken is when it kind of hit me because I was pretty much thinking you are worthless. This is the final blow mm-hmm. while you're serving in ministry. You're trying to, you, you're a blogger, you write devotions, you're writing books, and now you can't even keep your marriage together. You know, I was sure that I was going to have to quit serving in ministry because I was so unworthy. And I had all of these lies that the enemy was feeding into my head and just so many insecurities. And I went to the doctor's office and was filling out the forms. It was just a regular checkup a few months after my husband had left. And it was asking, check your address, make sure it's correct. Check your phone number, all all of this stuff. And then it said marital status. Are you single? Well, no, not really, because I'm still married, not divorced yet. Are you divorced? No, because that's not official yet. Are you widowed? No, although it does feel like it because I have no contact with this person. And so I didn't fit into anywhere. So I had this full-blown identity crisis sitting there in the doctor's office, like, who am I and what is my value and where do I even belong in this world anymore? And I drove home from that appointment and I remember just being in tears Like, who am I? My life is over. I'm nobody. I'm not a wife. I'm not this. I'm not that. You know, who am I? And God just so profoundly spoke to my heart and said, the end of your marriage is not the end of you. Mm. And I will never forget that. In fact, I almost had a wreck because I was like, wait, is he sitting right here in the car? It was so loud. But I just cried even harder on the way home because it was such a great reminder that, yes, this season of life has changed. This situation happened to you, but you are still you just a different version of you in a new chapter of life. You're still my child. You're still worthy. You're still a gem as scripture says. And that's what we need to cling to no matter what, how someone's treated us, what someone said about us, the experiences we've been through, the, our own mistakes that we've made. We are still a child created by God in his image. And it's so important for us to remember that truth, whether it's going through separation and divorce or any long-term relationship you know, the end of it or something else that, that really stills our self-esteem and our self-confidence. That's so good. Even last year coming through 2020, Tracy, I feel like so many of us had the death of that. Maybe it was false, but a sense of kind of security that we experienced and enjoyed in the United States that, you know, you don't know, are you going to get COVID today? Is someone you love not Mm going to make it? I mean, we honestly live with 
with the unknown and the uncontrollable all the time. But I love, you know, here on the Make Life Matter podcast, we talk about the ways we, we've seen God do incredible things in our lives, even in the middle of adversity and the miracles we can discover, even in the middle of the mess. And I, I, I love how you're talking about even this unexpected gift that you receive through this unwelcome sing, season of singleness that you get, you, you receive this gift, literally the audible voice of God saying, you're still you. And what a powerful message for each one of us that everything around us can be crumbling, changing. We've all experienced a shifted normal in some way or another over the past year. Um, and, and maybe even a death physically, tangibly, or the death of dreams or an idea like you're describing and the death of even a marriage. So those insights are so powerful for us. And I want to ask you one more thing that I thought was so, um, so valuable as you talk about this chapter about fear and the fears you made this statement it's okay to have fears but it's not okay to let them have you mm-hmm. i think we can apply that to anything in our life especially the fear that we see running rampant about covid and we're still not knowing what the future is going to hold in this country i'd like to know tracy what fear did you face and how did you overcome them and how can we overcome fear no matter what we're facing Well, I can't even begin to tell you the amount of fears that I was facing. (laughs) And I had another revelation moment um, with regards to that. But when my husband left, I was, you know, speaking and writing, and that was basically a supplemental income. I did a little bit of corporate training on the side, but for 15 years, I had stayed at home to raise my children and focus on ministry. And so his income was our primary income. So upon his departure, I became the sole primary financial provider with no full-time income and lots and lots of bills. And, you know, and, and that became really my biggest, biggest fear. And as the months went on with no financial support and with, um, you know, bills going unpaid and insurance policies getting cut off and, I'm, you know, they're coming to take our cars and the house is hitting foreclosure and these things are gradually happening I mean, fear literally was just taking the life out of me. I couldn't sleep. When I did wake up, the first thing I did was have knots in my stomach. I was losing weight. My stress level and anxiety was just out the roof. And I remember one day sitting at my kitchen table, all my children are home because they're they're wonderful. They were older. One was in high school and the other two were in college and they were so worried about me, um, which was so sweet. But in hindsight, you know, they, I wish I had... I couldn't get out of my own head. I think even though that was also one of my biggest fears was worrying about them. So that just compounded everything was how are they going to deal and how is this going to impact them? But we did deal with it so closely as a family, the four of us, but how I dealt with it was really just through prayer. And I got to the point to where I can't live like this every day. And I had to start turning things over to God. So one of the things I did from day one, and I've never been a journaler, journaler, I can never say that word, never been one to just sit down and journal all my thoughts. I don't really have time for that. I'm a writer, which would you would think that I would, but I started keeping this journal and that was really my safe place. I could just dump everything. I think I have about 150,000 words in my journal on my computer now. <laughs> Multiple books are in this journal, 
which is where I pulled a lot of content for all, all three of the books. Mm. Cause it holds a lot of memories and a lot of information I would have probably otherwise forgotten, but I decided I'm just going to write down all the fears that I have because they're just so many and I'm just so overwhelmed and I'm, I'm buried in the fears. And within literally probably a minute, I had written down 33, everything from worried about being alone for the rest of my life to worried about losing my house and my kids to, you know, just how's my family? What am I, what am I going to get a job? There's just this huge gamut of things that were, whether they were rational or not, they were fears that were stealing my peace, stealing my joy and, and just keeping me in this stage of anxiety and depression and worry. And so I had to just really commit those to God that day. And that was a game changer for me that, that really sent my life in a different direction because that's when I came up with a quote that you mentioned earlier that, you know, we we can't have, we can't let our fears have us. It's okay to have fears because that's normal. It's natural, but we can't let them have control over our life because that's not how we want to live our life, but we can surrender them to God. And once I did that, and instead of worrying about them every day, I just started expecting God to take care of them. And he did. And it was amazing. And he would provide and miraculous things happened. And I share about a lot of those in the, um, in living unbroken. And I share a lot of stories from other women that say, oh my gosh, this, this happened. And it was, there's no explanation for it other than God. He hears our prayers and he hears our fears. He can not only carry them, but he can alleviate them and he can meet the needs that we think are unmeetable, even by a sovereign God. And so there was actually one day when I told my kids something happened financially, like we got something in the mail and it was going to cover this issue. I was in tears and I said, I, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what God is going to do next. This is going to be so exciting. And the kids are like, I know it's going to be so much fun to see what happens next. So we got to the point till we were, had just this anticipation of rather than fearing, what are we going to do about this problem? Mm. It transformed into this anticipation of what is God going to do about this problem? Ooh, that's so good. Yeah. It, it, was, so good. it was really, yeah, it was really fun. Not Well, I want to say fun being, being afraid of what's going to happen. is not fun, <laughs> but it was fun to see me and my children be able to have a, a, a shift, a paradigm shift really in how we were managing the fears because they were walking the journey, you know, right along with me and dealing with their own sets of fears. Absolutely. And you gave us some wonderful tools. The book is so rich guys. You have to pick up a copy of it, but you gave us some wonderful tools right there. Write your fears down, present them to the Lord, put them under the character, you know, the covering of his character, let him handle those in a surrendered place. And then step back and watch and wait to see how he's going to show off and show up you know, and show off on your behalf. So I, I just absolutely love that. And I'm going to ask you to pray over our listeners in just a moment, Tracy, especially those who might be walking through a, a painful season and, and you can speak life and hope over them, especially maybe those who are wrestling with fear to surrender that fear. And it, maybe it has a hold of them. It doesn't, we can have fears, but it cannot have a hold of us. It was such a powerful insight, but I'd love to know one kind of interesting thing before we close today. And that is when you get to heaven and you have the chance to sit down and have a conversation with someone in the Bible, who would you want that to be Tracy? And what would you like to ask them? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the people that I do talk about in living and broken a lot is um, David. 
because bless his heart. I know. <laughs> I mean, all the things that he went through, because sometimes I feel like, gosh, I've just gotten more than my fair share of issues to have to deal with. And there's so many verses to where I can, I, I can relate to just the distress and the hopelessness and the heartache and the fears that he dealt with, but he always turned back to God, always went back to his faith. Even if he poured out his fears, like I'm, this is how I feel, Lord, what, where are you? And this is how I'm scared and I don't know what's happening. And you know, all the things that we read about him, he always turned it back around and always hung on to his faith. And so it would be so inspiring to hear, you know, how did you, how did you continue to do that? And his situations were probably so much more, so much more to endure than, you know, what we have, but we all have our own sets of trials and troubles that, that we probably think are worse than someone else's. Um, So I think that would be interesting just to hear from that perspective. I agree. The Psalms are so full of those kind of lament moments of, I don't understand why this is happening, but he does, but God, you're still good and you're still faithful. Mm -hmm. And again, that process of getting out of us, whether it's writing or journaling or typing in your keypad, there's something, I mean, do that instead of social media, everything that we feel and think doesn't need to just be immediately put out there on social media, but find a place to process your pain, your thoughts, your questions in the presence of God, and he will meet you there in such a profound way. So thank you for that reminder. So Tracy, you may be new to some of our listeners. You're not new to me. You've been such a blessing in my life. Thank you so much for the way that you're empowering and equipping women, not only through Compel Ministry, but through your story and your life and the way that you've even chosen to steward your pain and let that be uh, an opportunity that God can use your life to matter for the kingdom and to help others going through painful difficulty, you know, in situations, but tell us how we can connect with you. If we are new to your ministry and again, how they can connect with the study that launches on March 1st. And then I'd love for you to pray over us. Okay, certainly. Well, you can always connect with me on my blog. It's tracymiles.com and Tracy is spelled with an I E, which is a little bit unusual. Tracymiles.com also on social media. I have a Facebook author page. I have a love life again community, which is very active. It's a a humongous group of women um, that came out of my love life again book, but it's turned into just a great place for fellowship and support and I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm always at Compel. Mm-hmm. And the study that happens, um, and also if you buy a copy, I also wanted to mention of Living Unbroken before March 1st. I have five free gifts that you can get, which are just invaluable for anyone that's walking this journey. It's a companion journal, which you can use while you're reading the book to record thoughts and prayers and ideas and just you know, be with God and work through some emotions. I have a living unbroken battle plan, which is thought provokers activities to help people start really unearthing what's standing in the way of their healing and help them start finding that hope and that happiness that they need. And also a beautiful piece of artwork that my mom, she's an artist painted. It's kind of based on the, the image of the book cover and I have it framed and printed in my house and my kids do and my friends. And it's really pretty. Also declarations that you need to remember every single day that you can hang in your home and an introduction and chapter one digital copy of the book. So you can read that while you're waiting on the book. So you can go ahead and get all five of those gifts. But I also wanted to say, you know, this isn't everyone's story, Mm. but everyone knows someone whose story it is. So 
even if this book is not, even if you haven't gone through separation and divorce, um, it would be such a great gift to give to a friend or a loved one that is, and you don't know how to encourage them. You don't know the words to say, you don't know how to help them. You could give all the free gifts to them, their downloads, and you can send them straight to them. So I want to encourage people to think about that. The study that we have starting on March 1st is a study about the writing of the book. For anyone that's an aspiring writer, we all have a story to tell. This is a great way to learn about the behind the scenes writing and publishing of a book and and how it comes from an idea to actually being on the shelves of the bookstore. So I would love to have anyone involved in that. It'll be me and my editor from David C. Cook, and it's going to be so much fun. It's a four-week study, kicks off on March 1st. So many great things, Tracy. Thank you so much for your voice in our generation, the way you are making your life matter. Again, her brand new book, Living Unbroken, Reclaiming Your Life and Heart and Your Heart After Divorce. Tracy, thank you. You're such a blessing to so many and to the Make Life Matter podcast. So I'd love for you to pray over our listeners as we close today. Absolutely. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on the show and talk to Angela. And most of all, I thank you for the healing that you've done in my life and the words that you've given me because I could not have made it through this journey without you. My heart goes out to people who are trying to walk out not only separation and divorce or any type of marital struggle or any struggle that they're having in life without having you by their side, Lord. And so I just ask you to make your presence known to anyone who's going through a difficult time. But for those who are struggling with the end of a marriage, Lord, I just want to ask you for a special blessing over their life to fill them with a peace that surpasses understanding because there's so much inner turmoil and fear and confusion and just so many emotions that we get tangled up with that keep us from being able to think that we can ever survive. But there is life on the other side. We can love life again. We need to learn to embrace the life you've given us, even if it's not the life we once imagined. And we can do that through your grace and through your faith and through your strength, Lord. So for anyone who's listening that needs this message, I hope that they will reach out and get a copy of the book. I hope they'll participate in a book study if they feel they have a story to write, Lord, and that we can connect and just stay connected and that anything that I put out, any words that you give me will encourage them, Lord. And thank you for the opportunity. I ask that you bring people into their lives who will walk this journey with them hand in hand, because we all need those support groups and those face-to-face communities. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. Season two is sponsored in part by Worley Dahlberg Yao PLLC. You can learn more about this award-winning law firm at lawfirmvirginia.com. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit angeladonadio.com for books, free goodies, and opportunities to feature your ministry or business as a sponsor. Find me on Facebook at Angela Donadio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donadio, where we do podcast giveaways each month. If you've been inspired to make life matter, Share a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's make life matter.